0: Hello, this is the Ski Podcast, a podcast mainly about skiing and snowboarding. There's obviously some other stuff that we throw in. The podcast is supported by Switzerland Tourism. Um, Switzerland, I know you like my Swiss facts here, Switzerland is a place that Jim has just got back from and he managed to ski in five ski areas in three days genuinely think i could have done more my body probably doesn't feel the same anyway thanks to switzerland for well, that was good fun um i am coming to you live
1: from the clues in the french alps and
0: ian where are you coming live from this week yeah coming
1: live today from brighton but i'm pleased to report that i will be in courcheval in a couple of days time so then i'll get my uh, my taste of the alps again good i mean i didn't
0: ask you um <laughs> well crack on anyway okay you can get in touch with the show um on twitter at the ski podcast you can email jim at the ski podcast.com or ian at the ski podcast.com don't forget his two eyes in that um what else you can do find us on facebook um, you can stalk me on instagram at the average skier or ian is on twitter with at Skipedia. Um, coming up in today's show um, i'm going to be doing a one-hour resort review will be um talking about ski flights hyperboil i think uh the youth winter olympics skiing We just dog the valley blanche and probably lots lots more um uh, before we get going in, i mean it's been a good week with snow everywhere do you know that mm, depends what
1: you mean by good week uh was there maybe 20 well, 20 centimeters that's the main thing it's it's snowed right.
0: that's a good week yeah in the french Alps, we've had some snow um, I've been chatting to people over in um, the West Coast of Canada, and they say they like there's been a lot of snow there. They've had really good snow. Well, seasons. even more in the East but Coast. one thing, did, I thought... you,
1: did you see those pictures of the East mm-hmm. Coast, in Newfoundland?
0: Yeah. They, what they should really do is they should um, start uh, a pipeline to send that <laughs> snow. <to us. laughs> yeah, I can see that working. There was so much of it. <laughs> and I saw Hawaii had snow as well. Okay, I missed that. Or is that? Is that an April Fool's too early for that? Um but what I wanted you to say, I've been chatting to my friend um on WhatsApp and he j- recently went to uh he's just got back from um bar which we talked about a while ago, didn't we? Um and he says the conditions weren't quite as good as um what I was expecting. Like um it's about fifty percent of most of the ski areas in the hippo hippo area are closed. And I asked him, you know, is that like it how it always is and he says no it genuinely should be a lot colder there um the the snowfall level is a lot down um on the past years it's had and then they've had rain as well um it's and you know he spoke to quite a few people and said that the snow is not been quite um, as bad as it has in the past so interesting to see uh, Japan not not quite living up to its status as a super uber capital of snow there.
1: Yeah uh, I also had a friend who's just been over there for a, you know big 50th uh, celebration uh, and yeah slightly disappointed by uh, uh, by what he got um, yeah, and if anyone's interested in Hakuba, you know I love doing this. Uh, we uh, we did uh, have a really big chat about it in episode 41, so I'll stick a link in the show notes. Brilliant stuff. Um,
0: that's uh, one. I'm going to count them how many times he says it. Um, right, what's next, Ian? We're going to talk about um, fog. Well, with, uh, our next favourite. Yeah, of, uh, we're going to go uh, into detail way.
1: about fog. No, we're going to talk about Chambry because a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was a lot of trouble on at chambry on a Saturday mainly for clients of tui uh, who were significantly delayed at the airport and I think the problem really was as far as I can see that they just weren't told what was going on um, and yeah you know, they had to wait around for a long time the airport is Relatively small airport. It filled up as more and more clients arrived. They made them stand outside because it was getting too full in the terminal. It's freezing cold, uh, and flights were eventually, you know, either cancelled or until the following day or, or significantly delayed. Did you? Did you? Were you around that day in the Alps? Was it foggy where you were? Um,
0: it wasn't? I don't remember it being foggy. Um, I do remember reading about it. I did wonder why it's such a big story. And also, you know, Crystal or Timmy were the only people that were having trouble with their flights, uh, mainly. All the other flights seemed to be able to depart and land um, fairly fairly unobstructed, which is an interesting
1: thing. Yeah, that was one of the bits of, I don't know whether it was paranoia, but certainly one of the reasons it's a big story is because these days social media means you can share it. But there were some quite dramatic pictures as well. People being uh, having to sleep uh, uh, on the floor outside. Families, in the end, they had to stay, uh, you know, on camp beds uh, provided by the Red Cross in uh, community centres in Axlaban, etc. But I think it was, um, you know, what upset so many people about it was that uh, there just wasn't any information. They arrived at the airport. They knew the flights were delayed. They saw other flights landing, as you say, from. Uh, from BA, etc., And um, it was only right at the end of the day where they were actually given vouchers, already been there for six hours by the time they were given a voucher, and then told they needed, they were gonna be provided accommodation on these camp beds. In the meantime, they could have been booking um, hotels for themselves uh, near to the airport. And apparently, you know, some people who were maybe more yeah. forward thinking, you know, were able to do that. Yeah, but you, you think you're going to be looked after? It's a different. It's a strange thing, isn't it, with a tour
0: operator? You really expect them to do everything for you, um, even in a even in a crisis, whether it's beyond their control or not. No, it's true. I mean, there's no doubt. Crystal should have handled this handled it a lot better.
1: Yeah, you've been a rep, though, haven't
0: you? I've been a rep. Yeah, I mean, um, I remember the the worst I've ever dealt with it was in Lapland, where people take two or three day breaks, and then, you know, it's a special occasion they go and see Santa, um, you know they could do skiing if they want, but that wasn't why everyone was there, um, you know, there's uh, husky dogs, right, but these people were delayed by eight or nine hours of landing, arriving there was a mechanical fault with um, a, a monarch plane, I think it was um, but, you know, that's um, a huge percentage of someone's holiday, and it got to the point where I knew they were going to come, and I was I was prepared for it, so I formed a funnel that started off with the happy elves, (laughs) and then genuinely people just as elves, to welcome these uh, people. And the funnel just came down to me, and I progressively um, got to welcome the more angrier guests. Okay. But what I find really surprisingly all the time with um, this situation is the amount of um, high-level management that aren't available um, at weekends, I, I, I find that really strange. Like, those are the big transfer days. And, you know, in a, a, a situation like this, you want a high level decision maker. And they're often nowhere to be seen, which I find an incredibly strange thing. Yeah, on. I
1: mean, they're often nowhere to be seen. But there's always, uh, you know, someone who's on, on duty. And I worked for Crystal, you know, uh, back in the day. And I was working for them on one of those, you know, disastrous days that was to do with snow rather than fog. But there's always someone on duty who has to make the decisions. But it felt that this one just wasn't handled very well. And they say, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But I can't really see how all of the um, you know, pictures that have been shared on, of social media, you know, children lying on um, uh, ski jackets and luggage on the ground outside the airport is particularly going to help them at all.
0: Um, it's probably good publicity for people who really like small airports because they got to see the intimate um, context of the Chambry <laughs> Airport. Um, that's all I can yeah, think.
1: and you know, in context of Chambry, you know, it is, some people say it has a really bad reputation for uh, uh, for fog, but it, it really it only gets closed down maybe um, a couple of times, you know, during the season. And if you're thinking about Saturdays and Sundays, you know, across the season then it's, it's not a very high percentage uh, chance. Most of the time, I think Chambry is actually much better because it's a smaller airport. You don't have to you know, deal with everything you get at, uh, at Geneva and it's nearer to you know, the as well. But, you know, there is that statistical possibility. But you can have problems anywhere in the Alps. <laughs> it's, you get extreme weather, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know it's a bad day when Geneva Airport's shut.
0: It's time to go home and just give up, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I wanted to um, really flash back to a really past episode. I think it was one of our first ones, Ian. And one of oh, the yeah. things we, st- we started talking about was um, um, ski pole straps. Um, and Gosh, yeah, I, wish, I do remember, you remember that. that. And we had a big discussion, should you or shouldn't you? Um, and I met someone else. Yeah, you were wrong and I was right is what the way I remember it. No, uh, um, Graham Bell <laughs> said he doesn't do it. Dave Burrow says he does there was a few other people that joined in but recently we'll talk about later on when I went to the, I did the Valley Blanche but that the guy there he doesn't even have straps on his poles he's got essentially like um, two really long um, specially designed um, squidgy grip um, poles that he holds at different heights throughout the day depending on what terrain he's skiing and doesn't have any straps at all so there we go I just wanted to I just wanted to bring that in.
1: Yeah, touring poles, but um, normally you don't see them without straps, but, you know, this is a ski guide you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, they make their own rules. He does they? what he wants, yeah.
0: We'll talk about him a bit more later. Um, okay.
1: Where are we going next? Let's go to Switzerland, to Switzerland, shall we? Yeah, we mentioned before the uh, the Youth Winter Olympics are going on in Lausanne, and the uh, British team have been out there uh, competing. Uh, no individual medals uh, as yet. But what I wanted to mention was we had um, some ski jumpers. We had um, this girl, Manny Cooper, who we uh, mentioned mm-hmm. before, who became the first female um, <coughs> ski jumper uh, for Great Britain ever. Um, she was brought up in Austria. She uh, jumped in Innsbruck when she was younger. Anyway, she, she entered this new, comp- uh, new category Called the combined event they do ski jumping and then cross country skiing, anyway. She finished 19th overall, and then I didn't even realize this there was also a male uh ski jumper, and he was yes, our Bolton. first uh, Sam Bolton. Our oh, first was it Sam, ah,
0: uh, oh, I'm so yeah. disappointed.
1: I've got um, and I've got an uncle called Stanley Bolton, and I was hoping okay. Was... Well, if he was under 18, he could have got in it. Uh, He came 18th overall, but he was our first um, male ski jumper since... Who do you think? Um,
0: Ryan the Randy Robin.
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't Eddie the Eagle, surprisingly. Apparently, there was actually a ski jumper in uh, Vancouver in... No, Salt Lake City in 2002 called um, Glyn Pedersen. There you go, never heard of him. You heard of Eddie the Eagle, and now you've heard of Sam Bolton, but Glyn Pedersen uh, competed in the uh, 2002 uh, Winter Olympics. So anyway, we now have snowboarders, snowboarders, uh, ski jumpers in the British team and uh, and making their way up. And otherwise, um, Kirsty Muir came forth in the the women's slope style. They also, a couple of Brits, won medals in um, ice hockey, but this is weird. The, the way they they competed for another they, country. Yeah, exactly. They are mixed teams. Were they? From different countries. Right. Yeah, so I can't imagine how it works. Like They all line up at the start. You know when you were at a kind of primary yeah, school yeah, or something and, if you're and really people rubbish, picked, you get picked teams. First. But yeah, they won a couple of medals, but I don't think it counts because they weren't actually competing for, for Great Britain. Not that sure, I wouldn't yes. want to disparage their Olympic medals that they have won, but it seems a very strange way of doing it. Yeah, really strange.
0: Maybe just, it's just one of those things. When the other
1: team doesn't have enough players,
0: you'll just chip in <laughs>
1: just so you can have a game. Yeah, yeah. but you, you were very near to where some of those events were taking place, weren't you? Did you see any? Um, I didn't see any, um, not even through binoculars,
0: I'm afraid. Um, but I was <laughs> in that part of the Alps, just um, just past Villa, up the Rhone Valley. Um, I'm amazed about the amount of um, vineyards there, Ian. Really. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, uh, during my time, you know, I went across the valley, um, and I managed to stop in five different ski resorts or ski ski areas. Let's call some of them weren't resorts. You know, there was highs and lows. In uh, there was some amazing skiing, and there was absolutely horrific uh, experiences in this short period of time. Uh, but I want to start. Okay, but I want a horrific. Really. Underwhelming. Let's use that word, underwhelming. But I want to start by um, a resort I popped to. I had an hour, and it's called a Vornaz, um, and I did a one-hour ski resort review, and here it That's is. That's right. I'm on a chairlift. I mean, um, I've done something different um, to what many of you have done. Many of you come down the Ruin Valley and got to Marceny and uh, hung a right up to Verbier, or carried on maybe a bit more and then hung a right and gone up to uh, Zermatt or Sasfe. Instead of that, I decided to go left and I've come up to a place called Orvornas or Vorna... Um, as always, I can't pronounce anything. Um, I've rushed here from Le Cluse, where I live. Uh, it was about a two-hour drive, and I've got here at 3.30, and I'm here for a, a one-hour resort review. It might even be a one-run review. Let's see how it goes. So far, I've driven up quite a steep mountain, come through a charming little village. It's quite funky, actually. Um, looks like there's some, quite a cool uh, selection of bars and restaurants. Feels um, surprisingly modern to what I thought it was going to be. I'm looking down. Uh, there's a red run underneath me. Um, it's not that busy. Um, it's quite ride, it comes through the trees It um, looks like it could be quite fun actually and the snow looks, you know um, loose and powdery But not too icy. So um, when I get to the top, I'll give you a bit more information now, literally, I've never been here before I haven't even rever- uh, re- I haven't even done any research so uh, it could be an interesting um, hour um, I'll let you know when I get to my first run. So it's taken me about 25 minutes to get to the very very top of honour uh, what a stunning view it's well worth it uh, i can see um, mont blanc the whole of the alpine range over that way i can see the matterhorn poking up like a man who's forgotten to do his flies up it's an absolutely breathtaking view uh, i'm the only person up here i just got a drag lift and i think i'm the only person on the drag lift um, i mean it's uh, getting on close to closing time so i'm not surprised um, i'm faced with three inviting red runs. I think I'm going to do the left one that goes back to the bottom of this drag lift and hopefully, still looks at a webcam um, uh, piece map, hopefully that goes back past and takes me back to the chair lifts that I was catching a minute ago and I'm hoping to squeeze in one more run. So yeah, it took me not much time at all to get up here which is quite good, especially aided by the fact that I'm going have to ride lift pass because I've got one of those wonderful magic passes. It's an absolute stunning view. Right, I'll see you what the runs are like in a minute. There we go. Um, here's something you don't hear very often. That last run was in Incredible! Not often is a run back into resort the best run. Um, it's so much fun. Um, I could do that again and again. So a few things I've discovered. Uh, first of all, that I'm very good at changing the back of my van um, while I was a group of school kids. Um, look on. Um, it's quite a muddy car park. Uh, so to bear in mind if you're driving here. Um, uh, the second thing is that I'm pretty slow at skiing. I've just been overtaken uh, by a man um, with one arm in a sling but more more resort specific there are no green runs here there's a small beginners area a bit further down near the town but right up up there, there are uh, uh, very few blue runs at the top of one drag lift, and uh, most of them are reds, and there's some black runs. I mean, the terrain isn't massively extensive. If you're the person that likes to tick off mileage, you'll probably be disappointed. But if you're the sort of person that likes to get a row a run and have a lot of fun and finding the hips, the lips, the tricks, the spaces, the bits to play on, then this is an awesome place. There is, I mean, I've just done a few runs, like I said. But you can see that there's so much to learn it's a place that if you learnt you would have a wink's worth of fun here um, it's it's really interesting, there's lots of black, so um, red runs, so it's not really for people who are um, uh, inexperienced skiers it's definitely for people who are looking to challenge themselves um, and push themselves and have a lot of fun uh, there you go, that's my uh, one-hour resort review so just to uh, quickly uh, tell you the facts there Ian maximum renovation 2400 which I think is quite high 330 uh, kilometers apiece which isn't great but good fun um, 130 hectares overall it's um, 1723 meters of uh, three chairs five drag lifts it's available on the magic pass it's about 40 pounds for a day or 179 pounds for a six-day pass Ian what is your opinion on small ski areas
1: yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, some of the small ski areas can be the best because you can get amazing powder because it doesn't get skied out like uh, like you know other places. Um, but yeah, I've been to a couple of smaller resorts, you know, with my kids. In fact, I'm going to Courteray uh, in the French Pyrenees at half term. Um, I think we're only there for three skiing days. Uh, so yeah, for me, for that kind of period of time, it can work. But otherwise. You know, you re- need to be there with fresh snow or, or a guide who can help you get away from the uh, regular piece, if they are not many or,
0: or be determined to to work on your, your technique. I think some people fail to realise that, you know, it's all well yeah. good just um, ticking off the miles all the time, but some days it's worth just hunkering down and spending a bit of time to improve what you're doing and become slightly better so you can enjoy more of the mountain, which I think
1: often gets overlooked as an option on your holiday to improve. Right. I de- You know, I'll be honest with you, I find that that idea completely tedious. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> like ski or run and what, again and to try and improve your technique. It's um, yeah, just not interesting. Okay. <laughs> you you, but I'm surely you must be a person that likes to improve yourself. For sure, but I'd rather kind of, I don't know, challenge myself by doing something a bit different okay well i'll we'll agree to disagree there i'm
0: all for small resorts <laughs> it, and, you know spending some time you don't have to do it all the time but you know spend some time
1: to to improve it's a, it's a sure but you know but, but what you've fast. got there with the magic pass and what you're being able to get out of it is to go you know if you buy a magic pass then you would experiment you would go and visit all these other resorts and that's one of the reasons i think that that is a great little product you know you need to be you to yeah, ever spend some time in the area but rather than just spending you know a whole week in one place to go and explore is is really interesting oh yeah you can absolutely do that
0: with a magic person Yeah, know i've managed to do that quite a lot you just we'll, we'll talk about it more as the uh, weeks go on and i edit up the, the content that i created while i was out there
1: um let's talk about dogs ian uh okay I had a little chat recently with uh, someone called Caroline Elliott. Now, I I noticed, and I can't remember if I mentioned it in this interview or not, but I see uh, with the digital marketing work that I do, quite a lot of people are searching for uh, skiing with your dogs in resort. And uh, Caroline owns a dog called Fjord, and they have a website called fjordsar.com. And SAR stands for Search and Rescue. So Fjord is a special search and rescue dog, and I found it really interesting talking to her. Great. So um, I'm here today with uh, with Caroline Elliot uh, from Fjord SAR, which sounds like a well. I wasn't quite sure what it was really, but I realised now, having looked at your website, that Fjord is your dog, and SAR stands for Search and Rescue. So I take it Fjord is a search and rescue dog.
2: He definitely is. Fjord is a um, predominantly avalanche search and rescue dog. Uh, X Fire Brigade. Because um, I was in the fire brigade with him, the mountain rescue unit, and he's also trained in earthquake and air scenting uh, rescue.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so quite a lot of ground there. So how do, I mean? How does that come about? How does he get those sort of trainings? Because on the website, I had a little look there, and it says uh, talks about how Fjord got his qualifications. I kind yeah, of yeah. imagining him sitting at a desk tapping away on a laptop. <laughs>
2: Well Fjord, um, yeah, he's um we start at the age of three months training our dogs. Um it's all about playing, play, 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 play. And they associate um finding a person with their toy, their favourite toy. And when they're mature enough, they go to the dog school or the um the the training which is run by the NNNR which is the um snow, I'd say snow safety training organization in France. And okay. they get to pass the two, it's about two weeks long, the exam. Um, so over I'm sorry, that.
1: How old are they at this stage? They're not, they're, well,
2: Fjord was two years and two, two months, I think it was.
1: Right. But, and um, remind me what, what breed? Um, he's Fjord a
2: is. French flat coated retriever. Okay. And dad comes from Sweden, or dad did come from Sweden. And my mum came from, dad was um, yeah Swedish stock, and mum was French stock.
1: Yeah. Well, if people want to look at the show notes, I'll put a, a, a photo <laughs> of the very, a very attractive. Yeah, he's a very regal-looking
2: Viking dog. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Excellent. And so he did. or he did, you did together. These exams, too. So you are a qualified pista. Is,
2: is I'm a yeah. Saying? I'm a qualified pista secouriste as we say in French. Uh, it's just the French equivalent of a ski patroller. Uh, We have three levels. We have um, the basic level, which is one. They're going up to the second. And then the third is more designed for the head of uh, ski patrol unit in in France. So I've done up to the second level from the Chamonix Alpine School.
1: I mean, it's very interesting, the timing for this conversation, because we've had people on the podcast recently ask us about, you know, avalanche safety. But we also, there was a program that you may, you may not have seen. It's on a yeah. channel called W Channel, called the yeah. and haven't seen it. but I've, yeah. in, in Valtarenz. Yeah. They did a couple of scenes where they showed the dogs doing the practice. Yeah where people are kind of buried uh, under the snow and then they have to find them and in fact I think I saw on the website that's one of the things that you can
2: that's you one can of the things do, I, isn't yeah it? I'd like to offer that because it can be done in quite a secure environment as in it's set up in a way that it's not dangerous so people can actually feel the the darknesses when you're in a hole um, the holes mm. we actually produce are actually very very large and you can sit probably lie two or three people in it go I always choose to go in and basically hide for the team when I've actually had a good French lunch <laughs> then I can go to sleep but obviously the dogs find me too quickly and always get a bit annoyed with the dogs when they find me
1: too quickly so I don't get right to but, to I mean my... that is that is the idea for them to find you quickly right?
2: I know I know but I mean when I want to write like sometimes I don't sometimes because it's very uh, it's not that easy for a dog to find their their sense is like 40 times stronger than our own um, or um, our capacity for our nose but yeah. they still it is very complicated for a dog it's not easy wet snow is a lot more difficult powder aerosol avalanche is a lot easier there's a lot of air in the particles in the snow cover um so yeah it's actually quite technical for a dog um so we have a way we actually can 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 um block these holes up with a peace basher which means there's no resident um uh, extra smells on the snow for the dog which will pick up because the dog's yeah. a dog is a very as you say malin in french he's very very smart a dog will pick up anything hence yeah. the if you're on a, in an avalanche you don't smoke you don't eat in an avalanche scene you keep everything away to give yeah the... well
1: okay that makes yeah. sense um mm. and one of the things that you you do as well as you know if people wanted to do that i found it very interesting yeah. because you know i do a bunch of work for different clients and i'm always yeah. looking around to see what people are searching for yeah and yeah. one of the things i've seen more recently well over the last few years yeah. is that lots of people search for terms like dog friendly ski chalets or yeah. dog friendly yeah. apartments yeah because they clearly want to take yeah. their dogs on holiday uh, with them yeah but I don't know if they've necessarily considered what it's like having your dog in the snow. And you, you run a course, don't you, which yeah. is called Learning to Ski with Your Dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what, what are the sort of things, you know, what do you do on that and what do people need to think about if they are taking their dog skiing with them?
2: Right. It's actually, again, quite a lot of information you need to kind of um, consider before you take your dog, obviously, from the veterinary side going to um, Europe. But the other thing is like its paws. um, A dog um, needs to have its paws prepared before the winter, even if it's only going for a week, uh, because also they love salting roads, as they do in the UK. Yeah. And that actually can irritate a dog's paws. So there's lots of things you – we learn about that also how to So, we... so
1: how do you prepare it all
2: oh, right you basically get no. if you have to lie your dog down on the floor and grab its well hold its paw and cut the fur between the pads uh, which will then stop any form of dry snow sticking to it so then it won't have bulkiness between mm-hmm. okay. which are potential right. sores and then you use A very, very good um, uh, mix of like a lip balm we use for our own lips when we go skiing. You use the same thing for dogs' paws. Okay,
1: to prepare them for it. So that's one element of it. I mean, another element is, you know, maybe I don't know how, you know, you can't always kind of think of dogs as being naturally fit, but presumably running up and down mountains requires some kind of. Definitely.
2: Yeah, definitely. A dog has to be strong. Um, I tend to go, I hate running with a vengeance, but I tend to go running, forcing myself out running. I don't run on concrete uh, because obviously the job I do is actually quite um, traumatic for my joints as it is. So I run on off track and that gives him a good um a good fitness and also i get him to swim a lot he swims a lot of cold water so right, he does okay. the wim hof i don't know if you know the the crazy dutch guy who has a great great yeah. um yeah that wim does hof ring
1: a bell yeah yeah
2: wim hof he um sits in very cold water lots of breathing techniques but fjord does it naturally he goes into cold water um so circulation so yeah dog does have to be fit the other thing is a dog is not allowed on a ski slope once the ski slope is open so, really? you can't just okay. walk a wee dog around and go up the hill. You know, once a ski slope is shut in the day, at the end of the day, when we shut the slope, yeah. the ski patrol come down, you do see people ski touring up on the slopes, yes. which again is good. But you've got to be, there's lots of elements here because again, you, once there's peace bashes, sometimes they can't see you if when it's getting darker. So, there's lots of safety aspects as well. For much sure. I've, as, been, um, I've been
1: ski touring. Um uh before and after the day when you're kind of mindful yeah. of uh of peace bashers but that's interesting you say about you, you're not allowed to take your dog up in no. the day because I have definitely no. seen someone yeah. skiing with their dog and they yeah. weren't ski patrol I mean maybe they were no. ski patrol off duty or something but they had yeah. a, a dog because I remember I was with my kids at the time and you know yeah. we were, it must have been during the day so yeah. that's not allowed
2: it's the, normally it's called the Rete uh, Municipale, which is the the security um, guidelines or the, the legal guidelines for resorts. They do not allow dogs for obviously safety reasons for the clients as much as for the dogs because uh, a lot of people don't appreciate, but we have actually quite a few injuries now from actual skiers or boarders who are getting cut by their own boards or skis. Yes. So yeah. you can imagine the... Um, the the problems you'd get if a dog was to collide with some skiers or a border they lick they can cut their legs quite badly course, if yeah. you cut a god a dog's tendons that's it for life um they probably can walk again but they're going to be injured and when i've cut okay. my dog's paws a couple of times not intentionally obviously and he went down to the vets not the vets sorry the doctors <laughs> the doctors in this in the resort and he put a stitch in his in his little right. kind of bit on his leg and then he came back up a dog does heal very quickly because they also and they their saliva has an antibacterial so they'll heal very quickly but right. you really want to avoid it hence there are dog booties which fjord is now an ambassador for roughwear um, <laughs> right okay. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. we just name. yeah Rough I said. We, you've got little booties to wear. They are quite yeah. expensive, and he doesn't like them, to be honest. So I prefer to okay. do the non-booty aspect, but they're great for people who um, have dogs who, who, you know, after a while, you know, you train your dog to wear these these, these boots, these yeah. protection boots.
1: Okay. That's that's great, Caroline. Um, so if people uh, – uh, what I'll do is I'll put a link in the uh, show notes, but fjordsar.com uh, is where people can find out more if they want to learn about yep. yeah yep to go on a course yep. for uh, skiing with your dog mm-hmm. um i like the idea that um you get special boots for dogs that's uh quite nice i can't
0: i can't remember who made mm. it.
1: yeah i can't remember what it was uh, uh called I'll, I'll put a link to it uh fjord is sponsored by some kind of dog dog boot company where they call Roughwear? Yeah, that sounds uh sounds like what
0: you would call a dog company if it, even if it's not correct that's what you would call it yeah and um, I've seen quite—you know—I see quite a lot of dogs on leads um, on the piste. A lot of people catching drag lifts up with the dogs on the lead running behind beside them. Um, and there's a there's a run here that's um, one of those meandering runs that comes through houses and you know doesn't particularly challenge you. I see quite a few people skiing yeah. um, with um, uh, dogs on leads on that particular run, as almost as if it's a walk and like a pretend husky.
1: No, we haven't got a dog. Kids would like to get one, but it doesn't fit into our lives. Not that I dislike them, but it just uh, yeah, wouldn't work. Um, so there's going to be more um, about that dog um, in future episodes, isn't it? Um, when we talk to um, Caroline about the, the work that the dog does, is that correct? For sure, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's really interesting. She talks about how they do uh, you know training with the dogs, where they search them when they're buried uh, under the snow. In fact, if you saw um, Ski A&E, which we... Um, did an interview with those guys that program about the uh ski patrol in Val Terenz? They had an episode, you know, looking at that where they give the dogs practice by burying people uh, underground. And also, she talks about an actual avalanche, uh, in the resort of Garet where uh, um, Fjord ended up saving uh, saving someone's life. He said it's really really interesting. So, which, we'll drop that uh, in for a future episode, too. And, um,
0: I'm glad I didn't need a dog um, a few weeks ago Ian when I was out on the the Valley Blanche.
1: That's my link there. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's very good. I don't think you want to have a dog at that altitude. I'm not really too sure. But tell me, Valley Blanche, your first experience of one of you know the world's most famous off piece runs. I mean sometimes you put
0: off doing um things that everyone else does, just sometimes I for the sake of it because you know if it's that popular it can't be that good um it's sometimes uh, an opinion i have <laughs> like st anton um which i've never been to and i'm never gonna go um but st- i got to say the valley branch what a genuine thrill what an experience <laughs> like i mean you've got to be pre- you've got to be pretty yeah. lucky to get it on a, <laughs> a fresh powder uber like brand new day like that um but well, obviously we didn't we got it at the end of Christmas when lots of people had already been down it and our guide worked hard to find some but such a such a special thing to do and it was lucky that it was nice and
1: quiet um, when we were there we didn't really bump into anyone which is um, yeah can I ask a couple of questions about it. had you ever been to the Agui de midi yeah, before? I've been up to the
0: Agui de midi um, before when I was working for a tour operator um, at the end of the season so I popped up the Agui de midi but you know I didn't really I didn't do okay. any research into what was ahead of me um uh, in, a, <laughs> right. in a, a stupid sort of way so we went up there we looked around and you know our guide was very relaxed there was no rush um to to get underway which i quite liked so we chatted um and i have a, a an issue with concentration sometimes and i think i must have zoned out on certain parts of things he was possibly telling me so we got kitted up in the tunnel, you know, you put your crampons on, um, yep. and then we got all roped in together. And I didn't really pay any attention until he said, Right, turn out, Jim, you're leading the way. And I was the first person roped up. And I, didn't, I hadn't even contemplated what was uh, about to be presented to me. So you come into the little ice, the carved out ice area, and then off we went. Jim, you're in front. Uh, and then I'd, I'd never been on crampons
1: yeah. before. You have to you have to go through that gate where it says you know there's a warning on the gate that says only you know advanced alpinists yeah, beyond this point. Uh, I did not feel like an advanced alpinist asshole. So off <laughs> I went. Uh, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, I mean this is uh, is it 22 kilometres the Valley Blanche run um, from the Agui de Midi 3842 metres. Yeah yeah back down to the the bottom of the meland that is it yeah there's uh and there's yeah. quite a few
0: options isn't there there's the traditional uh, middle route um you can take there uh, the italian yeah. the italian route up um if you're looking at it face on, i suppose that's the left hand side <laughs> towards Italy you can come off uh off there, but the route we chose to take um based um on whatever the the guy decided we took the um that Envers uh, route, which is the, the slightly more difficult yeah. um, and definitely more glacially challenging route. Um, and, you know, that is, after the walk-in, which, you know, is terrifying, um, you've got to kind of calm
1: yourself down. Um, yeah, and the reason it's terrifying, just to clarify, you're walking down an arete as you come out of that ice tunnel. You're walking down this arete. And basically, the drop on, on your left-hand side there down to Chamonix is about two kilometres, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's that's what I've estimated, it at, I suppose.
0: I probably overestimated when I was looking at it. <laughs> but if you hadn't really thought about it, yeah. it's a terrifying uh, um, view down, is it? And there's no safety rails. It's not like... It's, it's, the The precautions you take is you're roped into someone behind, so if you fall, it's up to them to throw themselves off the other side to to create um, a counterweight to save you and you know
1: it's uh, yeah. that part is pretty scary right I think I would get used to it um, for sure it's it's exciting yeah. very exciting for sure and th- and then when you went down you were the guide was carving the way through snow bridges down through the glass yeah I mean in your
0: head you probably think you're going to go and speed down through um, endless off piece <laughs> and um, be you know the best skier in the in the valley but the truth is that the guide has got your life in your companion's hands uh, in his hands and his job is to ski ahead um and either keep you at a safe distance apart to stop you falling down Uh, hidden crevasses or to keep you together so we can brief you so it's not like this endless flowing journey that you may kind of expect there is a lot of stopping probing checking that it's safe what route should we take Um, so it's it's interesting in that that it makes you realize that what we do day to day on these um, nice groomed trail runs uh, with accessible chairlifts and stuff like that is far removed from, from this sort of extreme level of skiing that this is where this is where people like you and me can kind of touch this touch this excitement that these people that are back country trekking in alaska looking for 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 new ascensor so it's, um, it's an incredible experience
1: cool well i'm glad you enjoyed it and and hopefully um we've we've we might see you skiing off piste again in in Chamonix, thanks to ski weekend a bit down the track. We'll have to make sure you go to a different area, maybe over to uh, to Brethon or off the back of La Tour. Or yeah, something. that would be amazing. I'd really love to ski those
0: areas. I want to say that people who have not been on the Valley Branch and are thinking about doing it, there's something that no one tells you about it, and that's the walk out at the end. Right. Okay. Because at the end yeah. of the, you finish off the murder Glass and you've got two options. You can either ski down a bit further. And walk out and come down um, that cat track run into Chamonix town by the by the train station for the Murder Glass. Or your other option is to walk up the millions of steps to the top of the Murder Glass train and catch the train down. Um, and there was definitely at least one person in our group who was mildly disgruntled at the fact that this wasn't um, clearly signposted to him at the top that there would be quite a long walk at the end.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, sadly. Uh one of the clear things about uh you know global warming is that the number of steps you used to have to take when you when you'd finish the valley blanche at the bottom of the Mare de glace was significantly mm. less i i first skied it in 1983 and i think we had to walk up about 10 steps you know that's no, shocking isn't now
0: it? yeah it's a huge amount more hundreds of steps now well you can see how they add on a new section every every few years they yeah. add a few more sections on so you can get down to the glasses but there you
1: go so we've told people now be be mindful of the fact that there is a bit of a, a bit of walking at the end but it's worth yep. it isn't it
0: um i know people would like to ask us questions ian and we haven't had a ask jim and ian section yeah. a while.
1: while. we got any questions
0: i mean i wouldn't bring it yeah. up if we didn't
1: uh yeah <laughs> yeah we have got a question I think it's Ben Hollingshead this came uh, from uh, via Facebook. And he basically, he he says, recently discovered the podcast and a big fan already. So thank you very much for that, Ben. Uh, But he's looking to uh, find out a bit more about uh, Innsbruck because he's going there for his static weekend uh, and is hoping to fit in some skiing, snowboarding, around the drinking. Um, Any info would be great. Um, Now, I don't know if you have been over there, but I might... Have you been I over? I've been. I've flown into
0: Innsbruck, and I have uh, skied a couple of resorts in the area. Ah. You, you crack on. Tell me what. Okay. Where did you ski? What would you well, recommend um, to Ben? You might want to go a little bit further. I mean, if you want to go for a good party, I, I can't. I can't recommend Ischgl enough. I think that is a, a classic stag do um, destination. It's full of the clubs, pubs, and skiing that you will more than happy do as a as a stag do. Um, also, Solden, you know, a um, great area to ski and a bit closer. So those would be my two recommendations, but they're not quite clo- that
1: close. Yeah, interesting. Obviously, yeah, obviously you hate St Anton, so you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't recommend St Anton. But uh, as you say, classic stag destination. But I actually think you could stay in, in Innsbruck itself. I stayed there um, a couple of years ago. And I don't know how good uh, the group you're going in uh, uh, with are, Ben. But um, Kutai is not very far away. You know, you can get in some skiing. It's very high. It takes about half an hour from resort. So very easy to get to. If you wanted to go higher, you could go to Stubai. If you are a decent group, the Nordketa area is literally above um, Innsbruck itself. And there's this amazing um, cable car and funicular system that takes you up there, which is designed by Zaha Hadid, uh, the famous architect. Uh, and it's extremely aesthetically pleasing as, as well as being very efficient there are not many runs up there it's more for advanced uh skiers but in in good ski conditions you know that's amazing and Innsbruck's a a great town there's there's, there's plenty you could do there but it's not going to give you what Ischgl and St Anton would so you're going to have to uh, strike a compromise somewhere.
0: Yeah, or you know, Maya Hoffman or Prun. I remember when I was in school, and it was, um, I mean, I felt like I was at a stag do. It was an end of season um, uh, work trip. And there was a fancy dress day. And we know how I feel about fancy dress, let alone skiing. But I, I succumbed to it, Ian, and I dressed as Popeye, and it was a low point in my life. But, you know, acceptable. <laughs> That's the sort of Perfect. thing stag do's okay. would do. So
1: there you go. Well, um, we thanks for, to Ben for his comments. We have had a couple of reviews since our uh, since our last uh, pod, uh, two on iTunes, which were both five stars. Did you see these, Jim? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, one of them was from
0: Danielle Jessica, and she says she's in her twenties. Or is it Danny? Oh no, um, that's a confusing name. Um, in my twenties, I've been skiing for nearly twenty years difficult maths as well and just before i found this podcast a few months ago i was really feeling my knowledge of skiing had plateaued over the past few years i was trying to find information to further my knowledge but didn't know where to start on the web this was recommended in the facebook ski club thanks guys and i'm so glad i found it it's a great mix of info um I love how many interviews you guys are doing with different people and it's light-hearted and a bit sarcastic at the time absolutely it's not um it's great perfect for listening to when cooking dinner and driving <laughs> Please keep it up. Okay then we'll do that for you, Danielle, Jessica, Danny, Jessica, Dodo. Yeah.
1: I'm impressed that she can cook dinner and drive at yeah. the same time. And uh, listen to the podcast, which well, she is two people, I think. So it's probably quite easy. Yeah, and she's in her twenties, which is which is great because someone did say that we were like a couple of middle aged men or whatever it was when they had to go at us about having no no shred and um, so it's good that we're appealing to you jessica and any other uh, if listener you're a uh, woman in your 20s and that's good news too we, we had another review from stella fiona don't know if all our female listeners have got two names but she says only just got into podcasts i've been jumping between episodes the first one i listened to was undecided but as you get to know jim and ian better it becomes a great listen. Uh, which is good because if it got worse, then that wouldn't be so good. Not so fond of some of the interviews, uh, but really like the background info the guys share about resorts, conditions, and our honesty when it comes to discussing the Ski Club of Great Britain and the ski festival, which he puts in quote marks uh, there. I think, um yeah, we try and do it with honesty, don't we? Yeah, um, does it upset you, Ian, that she spelled um,
0: Ian with one eye? No, that doesn't
1: upset me at no. all. Um, um, Got go, go over that years ago. When someone gives us five stars, yeah, and says uh, you know that it's a great listen, thank you, Stella and listener. If you're listening, don't forget you can give us a review as well because it helps other people find us. Uh, we have one Ooh. other. Did you see Do this one? Me. Oh, uh, from uh, a guy called Chris. Thank you, Chris. Chris May. Uh, he says he listens on Spotify. Uh, which I think lots of people uh, do. I actually listen to the show on Spotify. Uh, He says, yeah, I can't leave an official review, but I want to let you uh, know that I enjoy the show. Dry British humour and interesting interviews. Uh, And you can call this a five-star review. So thank you very much, Chris. We appreciate that. Chris,
0: really, really good. Uh, Thanks for emailing us as well. That's a big thing. I mean, it used to, you'd have to send us a postcard, um, but now you can email, so that's, that's come a
1: long way, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and you know, we're getting a lot of people listening. Our numbers, uh, the number of listeners uh, uh, are like at an all time high right now. And uh, Facebook, we've just gone through 300 uh, fans. So listener, thank you for listening to us and um yeah don't forget to tell your friends i especially well. like listeners like howard mcgee who agree
0: with me and then i mean that's a rhyme sorry um thanks <laughs> <laughs> who um email send in and say they agree with me that i um, mean howard um, was saying that um, he definitely could eat two kilos of cheese a week which was based on a conversation we had on our last episode so um, anyone wants to agree with me feel free to um, drop in a message yeah, share
1: us with all the cool skis. Yeah, I think Howard just underlining how how out of touch I am about uh, cheese eating habits in the UK. Yep, yeah, I think you're just getting oldie and you're out of touch with the,
0: the cheese shred that's going down with us young kids in the mountains.
1: <laughs> Tarty we trust. Hey, talking about shred, would this be um, a good opportunity to mention that we have a standalone episode? Our first ever special episode that we just released, uh, which is the full interview with, uh, with Chris Moran. We, um, he's uh, one of the old school snowboarders from the UK scene. And that went live, was it? Well, yesterday. Uh, so for you, listener, maybe about a week ago. And you can listen to lots of content in there that wasn't included in the, uh, in the interview that we did in the podcast about, you know, the, the bad old days of snowboarding. So uh, have a listen if you want some more shred. It's definitely worth a listen. Very interesting and what uh, what a life
0: he's had and some good opinions. They're like strong opinions he's got.
1: <laughs>
0: he's got, he's that. got that in spade loads. Um, here's something I've got no opinion on. He's in Team GP, how they doing? Uh, well, Dave
1: Riding got a seventh uh, in Madonna de Campo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one in Madonna. Uh, but otherwise, not really too much to report on. Uh, but I did see that Ski Sunday is back on TV. Do you do you get BBC at I all? Do. Where I you are? I just don't watch Ski Sunday.
0: I've tried Ian. I've really tried. I just, um, I, it feels like it's a duty to watch it. I don't. I just don't get much enjoyment out <laughs> of watching it, so I just don't watch it. I'm
1: afraid. And that's the
0: honest. That's your honest opinions mm. you get here well, on the Ski Podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's, here's my you know I didn't even notice it had come back. I only noticed because I saw someone tweeting about it um, for their ski social uh, kind of bit. So I have downloaded it and I'll have to try and catch up. But the good thing about ski Sunday is you can catch up really quickly because it's just fast forward through all the racing because that's not really very interesting. I think you can just watch the YouTube generally the features. And You don't even have to yeah. don't even have to do the fast forward and then you can just watch
0: the, the interview bits that you like. But, Ooh, but I'm going to say, idea. Like, I, I we'll, think we'll Dave Roddy needs to try a bit harder. Like, he's had a second that was his best, wasn't it in 19, uh, 2017 in Kitzbühel? Um, that was his best World Cup result, seventh. We need to, we need to get him in the top three. Otherwise, people are going to lose interest. People like me who um, are just, you know, a little bit not so dedicated to watching ski racing. So. Um, and you know only come on board when there's some glory to celebrate so i think you know come on dave drive it harder
1: right yeah i think he's probably uh, well, trying maybe to it out. Just look out for the uh, yeah for the free it's pretty amazing he's, he's putting in the best results we've ever seen from a, a british uh alpine skier but it, if you're looking for medals and podiums i think you need to be looking at the uh the freestyle oh, i did think i did see yeah look i do know something um,
0: Katie Emerald's back uh, after injury after um, I think she uh, was that uh, right.
1: um,
0: was it her ankle or was that Woodsy so when it, they, it was an injury she's back and it was her first big competition I think she came second so, or third so well done to her
1: oh, there you go see you do have your own GB uh, update uh, uh, it took to deliver me a few minutes
0: to think about it I didn't write anything down for that <laughs>
1: So tell me, Jim, where are you off to next? What's coming up? Are you not staying? In a oh, future, I'd love
0: to be. in. do you know what that trip in um, Switzerland, warming Um I had to. I went to bed so early. I slept for twelve hours when I returned. It was quite. Um, it was fun but grueling. Um, uh, but I am off again um, on uh, a week today. Uh, I think it is. Um, not that you know when that is, listener. I'm off to Bansko in Bulgaria to see if it's improved since I went. Um, for my first ski trip back in, I think I hadn't even been skiing by the time Ian had been down the Valley
1: Blanche. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, so uh, banska Well, I bet it, it will have changed uh, changed a lot. I'm hoping so. Um, I've really got my fingers cool. crossed for okay. snow. I've
0: been watching the snow, for, uh, the, the forecast, and um, it hasn't happened. So, oh yeah, how's um, it looking? Barren. Uh, they haven't had a lot of snow for a, quite a while. But I think that is a good tell tell of a ski okay. resort. If you can turn up and it's not snow for a while and they put a good deal of management into their snow and you know, that to me suggests it's
1: worthwhile visiting right if they make mm. well by the time we meet again I'll have been out to Courcheval uh, as well so we'll be able to uh, to compare Basco and Courcheval <laughs> or chapter 2 sadly I was going out there to do a race called the Derby de Rock Merle, uh, which I first did 25 years ago but um, it's been cancelled I don't know why um, but I am going out by train, so maybe I can um, you know, have a chat about no, that. Didn't they just cancel a World Cup event nice in um, the Three Valleys or somewhere and then
0: relocate it to Banskoe? Maybe this competition's been relocated to Banskoe like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was Val right. there that one, that they relocated to Banskoe. But um, but <laughs> I'll be really disappointed. You can always take yeah, my place in it. But um, yeah, do I don't know do? why. But I am going out. I am going out by train, and I've had an email from SNCF saying my train is definitely going ahead and won't be interrupted by the strike. So uh, fingers crossed that doesn't change between. Uh, between I've quite a and lot of it. chatter about strikes in the
0: term. Um, in um, there's there's a big like there's um, it's interesting how different unions strike in France in different weeks. And it's ongoing strike about pension reform, essentially. I think. Um, and you know, uh, yeah. one week one of our classes will be um, closed one of the teachers' unions will be striking and the following week will be a different teachers' union striking. So it's not um, a <coughs> universal. There's been big talk about ski resort staff striking um, in February. Does that, does that worry you, Ian? Will they call in the reserves? Will they get in the uh, army? Well, it,
1: doesn't, it doesn't necessarily uh, worry me, but I have seen that story. And I believe they're talking about um, the first Saturday of what we, you know, normally see as being the February uh, half-term holiday, so the 15th of uh, February. Yeah, so, you know, you about possibly blockading some resorts, maybe some of the staff, you know, won't turn up to run the lifts. But for most people, that is, you know, a transfer day, and it's still quite a way away, so I don't really know if it'll happen, Um, but it has been discussed.
0: Uh, I'm I'm all for striking I think it's important so if they're barricading I'm going to go and help out with a ski podcast (laughs) t-shirt on
1: you want to stop people coming (laughs) into stop people coming into La Clouse because you want all the snow for yourself yeah good stuff Um, or you just want to get your um, ski podcast pension in early
0: yeah 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 that's what I'm keen for I want to I want to retire from this podcast ASAP yeah
1: good good luck <laughs> we'll need more than the Switzerland Tourism sponsoring us for that to happen magic
0: <laughs> alright then well um, should we retire the episode now ok yeah let's do that Jim have a good time in Bulgaria Enjoy enjoy Courchevel um, and enjoy this should be snow coming this weekend so you'll have a nice time